Heavenly Father, we thank you so much today um, for just allowing us to be together here, um, to come and hear your word. God, we pray that our worship was pleasing to you, and we ask that this continuation of worship within preaching, as you've asked us to do, Lord God, will also be pleasing to you. Heavenly Father, we're getting to a, probably one of the most critical, important things to discuss. And I just pray, Lord God, that you help me to do it justice and to explain your word, your, your being, and your person to your people clearly. God, we thank you, we love you. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen. So, one thing that, before we get started, um, this kind of came up because we were talking about and asking, trying to figure out, like, what do we really mean when we say the Trinity? Like, we, we hear it all the time, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, what, is, what does that really mean? Um, and I think we came to a point where we just decided that we should have a topic, more of a discussion about the trinity and get to the bottom of it as to what does this really mean when we say what we say right so with that i think before we even continue i just want to know when i say i'm, I'm going to say you know three different things and when i say those three different things i want everybody to go in the chat to get ready to type in the chat and tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when i say that particular thing okay you guys ready? Thumbs up if you're ready. I need to know y'all paying attention. Thumbs up if you're ready. All right. Give me the first thing that comes to your mind when I say this, okay? The first one is God the Father. I don't see nothing in the chat yet. Y'all taking too long. Oh, I see it now. <laughs> Okay, we got God the Father. We got powerful in control. Holy, the Son. God of the, the God of the Old Testament. Mm. God, the Father of Christ. God, the Holy Spirit. Anybody else? Okay. Thank you. So when we, when we think of someone, some think of God the Father, the first thing that comes to the mind is the Holy Spirit. Okay. So the next one that I will then say is God the Son. What is the first thing that comes to mind there? Ah, no, that's right. Jesus! <laughs> All right. And the Holy Spirit. Okay. The Holy Spirit. Okay. Savior. Oh, I love that. I love that. God is able to do just what... Okay, I'm going to not sing today. Okay. Unless y'all want me to sing. I didn't see any reactions on me not singing. Y'all want me to sing? I can sing. Ooh, thank you, Stephen. Say, God is able... Wait, Stephen, I think you're joking. Wow. Thanks for the honesty, Stacy. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Mary, I got you. I know he was there, but it's good to see you. Anyway, the third one is um, obviously God, the Holy Spirit. First thing that comes to mind. 
Ooh, this is a tough one. I haven't seen any any responses so far. Oh, I said the third one that I want to see your first reaction on is God the Holy Spirit. The Spirit that dwells in us. Okay, that's what Stephen says. Hmm. Holy and the Creator, Spirit. What Stephen said. Thank you, Brent. All right. This one's got, this one's got some God spiritual self. Okay, that's what Mike said. All right. Thank you, guys. This one, I think, y'all have to think a little bit more on this one, right? That, that helps me know that I probably haven't done a very good job of explaining the Holy Spirit. Um, but I hope to clear that up today. It says, Holy Spirit, like day of Pentecost. So like I said. So this helps. I always need to know this, this feedback to see kind of where we stand, where our understanding is. Like I said, we got all these topics that we'll talk about that's going on in the world that's important. But if we don't have an understanding of God for the best for ourselves, all of that stuff is pointless because we won't know how to apply the word, right? So with that, um, I'm going to talk us through the topic for today to explain God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, um, to explain the roles, what they are, and the Trinity overall, kind of give a brief history as well, all right? So the idea of the Holy Spirit, I hope you guys are taking notes today. There's a lot of things. After we're done, I'm going to be asking questions to take notes. All right. So when we say, when we talk about God, right, we say that God is one being, going to the Trinity doctrine, God is one being and three persons. Now, if you're confused, you're like, what? One being, three persons. You guys, I don't know if you, how well you guys can see this here. My handwriting is like, it's like chicken scratch. But you have a being, right? And then you have a person. So the first person here is, what do we have? God the Father, right? Then we have God the Son, if you guys can see my screen. Then we have God the Holy Spirit, right? So... The person is within the being, as you guys can see here. Well, the being, then, you, then, then, then that begs the question of, you know, what's a being and what's a person? Like, why should I care about what I just saw here? And what we want to break that down, I think. Oh, what you, could you take a picture? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that. Uh, Yes, I'll, I'll take a photo of it and share it for you guys towards the end. Um, sorry about that, Stacey. That's a good point. But essentially what I drew was I drew one circle, and in that circle there was a being, a noted being for that circle. And then within that circle there are three circles, okay? And then each circle is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So each circle is a is a is a person, okay. So you guys can probably draw that out. Um, so then it comes up. The, the, it begs the question of what is a being and what is a person, 
right? So Nabil Qureshi does a really good job of explaining this. I'm just going to steal what he said and share with you guys. He says that a being is the quality that makes you what you are. Whereas a person is what makes you who you are. So the being is more so dealing with the what and the person is dealing with the who. So for example, I am a human being. In case y'all weren't, weren't aware, not an alien. I am a human being, right? And the person is who I am. And who I am is Kevin. So it deals with the what being deals with the what you are. Person deals with the who you are. Does that make sense? Anybody confused? Please stop me if you are confused. Can you give another example? Yes. Of uh, being versus person? Mm-hmm. So, let's say my car, right? My car is a Honda, right? So, the being is the fact that my car is a car. It can drive, it has a it has a engine, it's got wheels, all that stuff. That's the being of the car. Right? But the what but, but the the who of my car is that my car's name is Sir Charles. There are many people who have the car that I have. My car has a particular name. My car has a particular color. That's that's the being. So think of the person as like the personality more so, right? Yes, the being, the object, the person, name. Yep. Sort of like that, Stacey. So you look at yourself and you say, hey, I'm a human being. The same way like a, a lion is an animal. So the being of it is, is an animal. That's how it's classified. But the who that line is, is, uh, what was his name? What was the guy's name from Lion King? Was it Simba? Simba. Yeah, the who is Simba. Exactly. Thank you, Brent. You out here, you know, helping out. Thank you. So Simba is the who. Simba is the person. But the being of Simba is a lion. The being of Simba is a... Uh, is, uh, is an animal, right? Where in this case, we, talk, we, we look at God and we say that God's being is that he is God, right? So he is one being, but he's three persons. The reason why it's hard for our finite minds to really understand this sometimes is because we are one being and one person, right? I'm not Kevin, Joe, and Jimmy. Why did I pick two other? Why did I pick those names? Anyway, I'm not Kevin, Joe, and Jimmy. I'm just Kevin... And I'm a human being. Whereas in matters of God, God is one being, God is God, and three persons, three persons, guys. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now we should never think of God as a uh, as being in different forms. There's a difference between a form and a being. A form can only take one form at a time. 
When you look at a form, you look at, say, like I talked about last time, ice goes to um, water, water then goes to steam. They can't all be ice, water, steam at the same time. Stop me if I'm not making sense. At a point in time, it has to be ice, then later on it has to be water, and then it has to be steam. God is not that way. So if you ever go to a place where people are telling you God is three forms, God shows himself in three forms, that's very dangerous because it shows that they're saying that God cannot exist in three persons. Okay? But today's point is not to refute that. Today's point is to teach and, and explain really where all of this is coming from, right? The Trinity, if you guys would know, the history behind it can be a little controversial. The Trinity is not something that came up until the third century or so. Um, and it was a couple of ideas that the early churches were putting together as they went through the word and really came to grab an un- to, to get an understanding of what's going on here, right? So I want to be able to explain to you within the word where we see different instances of the Trinity and how we can apply that to getting, gaining a better knowledge and understanding of God, okay? So the first time we ever see the Trinity, guys, if you guys would jump on over with me to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27, in the beginning of creation. So if anybody is there first, please go ahead and feel free to read for us while I turn over there. But Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. I can read it. Sure, go ahead. Are you there? You're on mute if you're trying to read it. Yeah, I am. Sorry. Okay. Um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. So guys, right there at the beginning, we see um, there is a case for the Trinity. In that first verse where it says, Then God said, Let us, plural, us, make man in our image. So then you're going to have to ask yourself the question, who is this us that they were talking about? For a very long time, I read the word and I read the Genesis when I was younger. And I was like, I just kind of glossed over it, right? You come back to it and you really have to ask yourself, who is this us that he's talking about? And I'm here to explain to you that the us that he's talking about is the Father, is, is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? Many people will say that um, it could have been the heavenly host, like it could have been the angels that were around that, that God was talking to and saying, hey, let's go ahead and make these angels. But that would not be correct. And the reason why that was not correct is because if, if we say that, then we're saying that angels can create, whereas angels are beings created by God. Angels do not have the capacity. Angels do not have the capability to create anything. The ability to create is the is something that is ascribed only to God alone right but we see here that God says let us so if God says let us then the only other people only other being 
only other persons that God could have been referring to is himself. Stop me if I'm not making sense. Only other person that God could, could, could be referring to is anybody else that, that can do so and do what he's, done, he's doing. Which is why we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe that God is referring to the Son and the Holy Spirit in this case. All right? But I get it if you're not convinced. Okay? So since you're not convinced, go on with me to John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. Whoever is there first, please feel free to read John chapter 1. Is John in the New Testament? John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. But I've already shared and exposed to you that from Genesis, God said, let us create man in his image. And we are created in the image of God. So if we're created in the image of God, then God must have only been speaking to himself, his other persons, which Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Stop me if you disagree and explain why. But I, yes, go ahead, Stacey. This is John chapter one, verse one to five. Yeah. Okay. John chapter one, verse one to five. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen. Amen. Guys, this is probably like by far one of my favorite verses in the word. Um, you go to First John and you'll see something similar. Um, this is like that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, right? And it's talking about Jesus Christ. This gospel written by John is being the same John who gave us um, revelation okay this gospel written by john is intent is to show us the deity of christ right so john is speaking to people really trying to make a case that hey jesus is god for all of you people who have been saying that oh jesus is just another prophet jesus is just another angel jesus is lower than than god for anybody who's ever been saying that, I want you to point them straight to the book of John. Point them straight to the first John. For them to be able to see the case that John you know, John makes um, to be able to explain him to us exactly why Jesus Christ is God. We see here that John explains to us. Yes, please go ahead. All right, so this, I don't know if there's more than one John, but this John is the disciple of Jesus or is this another John? Yes, this is the disciple of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yep. So this is the, the, the disciple that, that, that God loved. So I think that's how he refers himself <laughs> within John. And it's very true. God loved John very much. Um, so much so that he left his mother with him, right? So back to what we were saying. Um, John does a very good job of explaining that Jesus Christ is God, right? Because you see that the, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So if he was in the beginning, that ties you to Genesis, right? The whole Bible is just like an onion, right? Everything ties together. So with John, we, we then go back to Genesis and see that let us make you know, man in our own image. That can only be referring to Jesus Christ. John confirms here then 
in the in the first five five verses that Jesus was there from the beginning. Make sense? If you're confused, give me a thumbs up. If you're if you're if you're good, don't say anything. <laughs> okay, so moving on. So now I've shown you and I've proven to you Genesis, how Genesis ties out to John, okay? And I've explained, explained to you what it means to be a being and what it means to be a person, that God is one being and three persons. And we've already exposed that Jesus Christ is a creator. Um, God the Father is a creator, right? Now, what about the Holy Spirit? Hmm. Good question if you guys hadn't asked. So, the Holy Spirit... How do we know the, who the Holy Spirit is, how he's there, all that stuff, right? So with that, I want us to go over to Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 to 17. Now, the Holy Spirit has always been there from the beginning. And I could even use, not use, I don't like to use the word use, guys. I could even explain um, from Genesis chapter 1 that the Spirit of God was hovering over the earth. Right? Yes. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says, And the, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So even in the beginning, we see the Spirit of God, we see God himself, all that stuff. But let's go to Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, 17. Anybody there and feel like they want to read, please feel free to. All right, I got there first, so I guess I'll go. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 to 17 says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. Notice that part. He saw the Spirit of God and then he says, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Guys, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit work together in such an awesome way sometimes. And when we, when we see those hints within Scripture, it's such a beautiful thing. We see here that the Holy Spirit right, um, has been there from the beginning as well. The Holy Spirit, at this point in time, right? descended like a dove and came to rest on God, right? God the Father always being, you know, there. The Holy Spirit always being there as well. We're kind of seeing how they're all, like, inter interacting with each other here, right? So there's the Holy Spirit, and I'll kind of get more into what the role of the Holy Spirit is because that's what it seems like we don't know too well as a group here today, and I'll expound more on that. Um, but the next thing that I want to be able to share with you guys is just an explanation of the roles and the functions of God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and um, God the Son. 
And before we get into that, any questions? I have a question. Yeah. So, like, I think, like, when we're, like, graduating from, like, uh, 9-11 class or whatever, you know, we're taught to say, like, that, like, uh, those paragraphs or whatever. And I think one of the first things we say is, like, God is the spirit or something, like, he's holy. So mm -hmm. when we say God is the spirit, are we saying, like, like, he is the spirit, he is the Holy Spirit. But, like, are we also saying, like, God the Father is the spirit? Because I've heard that as well. I'm not sure what nine eleven class is, but I think oh, you... that's like the children's service class um, oh, with okay. the nine. Okay, um, yeah, I'm not too familiar with what the, what the motive or like the essentially what they mean there, but what I will say about God is like yes, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. We are spirit. We deal within spiritual things. The only physical manifestation of God is Jesus Christ. Right? The only physical form of God is Jesus Christ. That he came um, to be able to show us how to live and what to do. So even Jesus right now, think about it, is also spirit. There's no physical being in a spiritual realm. Does that answer your question? Sort of. Okay. Let me keep going. Maybe it might help. Okay? So, what I want to be able to explain to you guys is the different roles, right? And why this is such a beautiful thing and how this relates to us and even in, in, in areas of marriage, right? Which doesn't apply to y'all, most of y'all for the most part, but it's good to kind of see why this is really important. Okay? So, we have God the Father... And then we have God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. So we have Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit. And in that, they're all equal, right? They're all equal. One is not above the other. However, for your sake and for my sake, for your grimy self and my grimy self, God the Son, although being 100% God, took the form of human flesh to come onto this earth to teach us how to live and how and, and what to do and to be a sacrificial lamb for us. Because there were so many people and so many things that God the Father used to try to get our grimy selves in shape, but we didn't. We used... And then we, you know, we would sacrifice so many lambs and all that stuff, and it wasn't working. So God is like, I've got to do one thing once and for all that will be for all eternity a way for people to come to know me. And the only way I can do that is to send my son. So God the, God the, God the Son, Jesus Christ, shows submission. Although he's equal, they're equal, guys. Don't get this wrong. They're equal. But God the Son submits to God the Father. Right? By going, by, by coming down here to come and teach us and all these things. Right? And then under that, the Holy Spirit, they're not less than each other, guys. They're all equal. The Holy Spirit then, um, then takes messages 
that God the Father and God the Son are saying to share with us, to teach us, to remind us, to comfort us. So they're all, that's what, the God, that's what people, that's what we mean by when we say the Godhead, right? God the, God the Father and then God the Son um, submitting to God the Father. Now, this plays itself beautifully in marriage, and that's why marriage is so important to God. And this will lead us into our discussion on LGBTQ and all that stuff down the road. However, in marriage, you have husband, wife, and they are both equal. However, both submitting to one another, depending on the situation. All right. So marriage is supposed to be a representation of God's love for us on this earth. But that's not the whole point for today. I want to keep going and explain the roles that we see, okay? So when you write down um, God the Father, I often think of God the Father as ultimate judge, right? And you guys had said things like, uh, let me go back to the words that you guys used. You said things like uh, the God of the Old Testament. I would be careful there because the God of the Old Testament is also the God of the New Testament, but a lot of times I think people focus more so on Jesus in the New Testament and forget about God the Father in the in the New Testament. So I kind of see where that came from. But God is God of all eternity, all time. And I often think of him as the judge, the creator. Right? They all they are all the creators. But kind of in my mind, how I think about it is like God is ultimate judge. Okay? And then I think of Jesus as the lawyer the lawyer for my grimy self jesus is the lawyer and satan is the prosecutor <laughs> and i'm in trouble because i have sinned against god i've sinned against a holy and righteous god but because jesus christ is my lawyer i have an advocate with the father i have an advocate who can speak on my behalf who who can cleanse all of my sins. So in the courtroom, you see how the Trinity plays out. And the only way for me to even go to Jesus is because then I have the Holy Spirit in me, right? Who then helps. So I see God the Father as judge. And the role that Jesus plays that I mentioned earlier, Jesus is the sacrificial lamb who grants eternal life and is the propitiation and the expiation for our sins. Guys, we've been saying propitiation and expiation for the longest time. Propitiation is that God holds back, Jesus Christ holds back the wrath of God. We sinned against God, guys, and we are deserving of eternal death and damnation. That's what we deserve. That's what I deserve. If you don't believe you do, I'm telling you, that's what I deserve for all the stuff I've done. However, Jesus comes to hold back the wrath of God and also releases us from the guilt. Holding back the wrath of God is known as a propitiation. Releasing us of guilt from our sins is known as expiation. So that's what Jesus does, guys. And that the only way to go to the Father is through Jesus. You can't convince the judge without having a lawyer. The judge isn't even going to look at you. He's going to be like, where's your lawyer? Okay? Okay? Doesn't mean that the judge 
is any better than the lawyer or the lawyer is any better than the judge. But in the court of law, how are you going to be able to, in the court of law, that, 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 that lawyer is submitting to the, to the final decision of the judge. And the judge is saying that if you have this lawyer, I got you. You're going to make it. If Jesus is your lawyer, if Jesus is your advocate, you're going to make it because he's my son. Am I making sense, somebody? So let's jump over to John chapter 14, verse 6 to 11, really quickly. I want to give you guys a lot of Bible today. I know not every day we do this, but I think it's really important for you guys to have this basis um, to be able to understand. So I'll read John 14, verse 6 to 11 really quickly. I know we're short on time here. Um, This is just to prove that Jesus is the way, the truth. 14 verse 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, um, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Okay? Then it says, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Who has seen me and has seen the, who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say show us the Father? Do you not believe I am the fa- I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does His works. Believe me that I am that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Oh. Yeah, but I was supposed to stop in verse 11. But anyway, you guys get that. Um, Jesus is telling you that he is the way, the truth, and the light. You cannot get to God the Father without accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Okay? Now, the Holy Spirit, where I think you guys got the part about the Father and the Son. Now, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is very, very interesting. And... The Holy Spirit, guys, has, has, has been the reason why there have been so many. The Holy Spirit is one of the reasons why there have been so many different denominations, so many different groups, and so many things that have been happening. All right. Because there's a lack of understanding for what the Holy Spirit truly, who the Holy Spirit truly is and what he does. Well, before I kind of dig into that, I'll just talk on the three different things that the Holy Spirit can do. And what the Holy Spirit's role mainly is. If you go with me to... Oh, just skip on over to John chapter 16, verse 3 to 11. And he says, John chapter 16, verse 3 to 11 says, And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour has come, you may remember that I told them to you. Now, here's the Holy Spirit part, guys. I did not say these things to you from the beginning, because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper being the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. 
But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Guys, the Holy Spirit has been there forever. The Holy Spirit has been there in the beginning since Genesis, as we talked about. The Holy Spirit was not operating. Sorry, the Holy Spirit was always operating. But during the time of Jesus, Jesus did not really talk much about the Holy Spirit to them because Jesus was there. If the bridegroom is there, there's no need necessarily that Jesus had to talk and, and explain much on the Holy Spirit to the people then at the time because he was there with them. But the Holy Spirit in this sense, guys, Jesus explains to us that he's leaving. He's going to heaven to be by the side of the Father, right? So because of that, he needs to send the Holy Spirit to be our helper. Jesus is saying, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm actually coming to dwell in you. I'm bringing my, I'm, I'm bringing my spirit that I place in you. And guys, we have to be very, very sensitive when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the reason why we are even able to be believers. If we do not have the Holy Spirit, we cannot make it. That's why every single time I say, if the Holy Spirit is not here with us, this is just a party. This is just a show. This is, there's no point in this. If the Holy Spirit does not dwell within us, we cannot move in what God wants us to do. How do we receive the Holy Spirit? Believe that Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior and you have the Holy Spirit. Bam. Nothing else. People will say, well, you got to do this. You got to speak in tongues. You got no, 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 no. You don't need to speak in tongues to be able to, to, to have the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a filling of the Holy Spirit, which tongues and stuff like that can do, but that's not the point. That doesn't mean you don't have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit when you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Okay? And the Holy Spirit's job primary job is to be able, that you guys saw in the verse, to convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Before, Jesus was doing that, right? Jesus was doing that because he was around. But Jesus is by the Father now. So the Holy Spirit is the one who's doing this. The Holy Spirit, we still need reminding of conviction of our sin. If you sinned all the time, but there was no conviction of it, why would there be any need for repentance? There is no need. But because we have the Holy Spirit, we are then able to repent. Only because we have the Holy Spirit, guys. Now, the other part of this that's so critical, that pains me and has pained me so many times, guys, is that the Holy Spirit, once you have the Holy Spirit, you got the Holy Spirit, man. You're a believer. And you go through the process of sanctification. And in that sanctification... You can fall into sin. You can walk yourself into sin. The Holy Spirit is still with you. The Holy Spirit is still in you. I think the Holy Spirit is like, he's caged within you. <laughs> One way to say it. Caged within you. And he's not leaving. Because he knows that you're his child at the end of the day. But what breaks my heart, guys, is that there are times where we pain and we grieve the Holy Spirit. When we sin, we don't ever really think much that God is with us. We think that, oh, that my sin is not hurting anybody. But you forget that the Holy Spirit, a holy being, 
we subject a holy and righteous being to engage, to be there while we are sinning, to watch us sin. And he can't go anywhere because we're still his children. So when we don't understand our relationship with the Holy Spirit, guys, we are subjecting the Holy Spirit time and time and time again to terrible things that we do. We need the Holy Spirit to work within our lives. There are times when the Holy Spirit will be like, all right, just, just, just leave this guy. But he grieves. He grieves. The Holy Spirit is a person. And he lives within you, you who have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So please, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, more so on what the Holy Spirit can do. The Holy Spirit is awesome, y'all. I'll be working with the Holy Spirit. Be in tune with the Spirit. Um, his primary job as well is to teach you. Is to teach you. If you, if you go to John chapter... Um, sorry, if you, if you go to Romans... Sorry, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 to 13. Um, and you go to Romans 8, 12 to 28. You'll learn more about that, which I think we may continue going into next week. I know, know we're a bit over 1 o'clock right now. And the weather's really nice. I want to give everybody back some time. But know that the Holy Spirit is there to teach you. The Holy Spirit is there to convict you of your sin. The Holy Spirit is there to remind you of the righteousness of Jesus Christ and judgment, of course. Because the ruler of the world is judged. And who is the ruler of the world? Satan is the ruler of the world. And he is judged. And the Holy Spirit is there to let you know that every single time that you go through a situation where you think that I can't make it, you think that you can't move, you think that nothing's going to be okay, you think that the end has come and the end is here, Know that the Holy Spirit is there to remind you that the ruler of this world, who is Satan, has been already been judged. You are going and you're facing against an already defeated foe. Do you guys understand me? You're facing an already defeated foe. And every time you're down in the dumps, the Holy Spirit is like, hey, no. No. I already destroyed the devil on the cross. Jesus already did this. Jesus has already overcome all of the problems that you're going through. This enemy that you think is so big? No. So do some testimonies and remember how amazing your God is. That's what the Holy Spirit is here doing. When you're sick, when you're sad, the Holy Spirit is there comforting you. The Holy Spirit is there teaching you all things within the word. You need not. It's good to have other teachers. But guys, when you read this Bible and you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get anything out of this. this is not, don't read this like a storybook. Don't read this like, you know, some regular thing. You need the Holy Spirit. We ask the Holy Spirit, give me understanding. Give me wisdom. Teach me. What do you want me to know from here? Guys, we need to work with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is willing to teach us all things that we need. But we also need to know we can't command the Holy Spirit to do anything. If we want a particular gift, we would pray about it. And the Holy Spirit may drop it to us if that's, what it's, if that's what's needed. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. Holy Spirit is a comforter. The Holy Spirit is also a dispenser of gifts. And we'll touch more about those gifts later on. But gifts of wisdom, knowledge, prophecy, tongues is also a gift. All those things the Holy Spirit does. But ultimately, the Holy Spirit is here to assist us and make sure that his children make it into heaven. I'll stop there and God willing, we'll continue with more of the Holy Spirit 
on what he does. And just to give you guys a really clear understanding of that, um, I think we've talked a lot about Jesus, which is amazing, and we'll never stop doing that. Um, but I think it's also important for us to be able to understand the function then of the Holy Spirit. Um, so with that, I'll close here and take any questions that you guys may have. Um, but first, let me pray us out and then we'll take questions, okay? Given where we are. Let's pray, guys. God, thank you so much for just the word today and allowing us to be able to go through and have an understanding um, of your fa- of, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dear God, I pray that you continue to just let this spark curiosity in your children to read through the word, to gain an understanding that there's so many different places where you show and you speak and where you communicate to your people. Lord, I pray that this message not fall on deaf ears, but rather this message be a message that will be able to be in their hearts and they will be able to use that to have a better understanding of you. That when they pray, they know that you've given them the Holy Spirit, you've given them power and authority to be able to do certain things, Lord God, that you know that them by themselves they wouldn't be able to do. Father, we thank you for sending your son to come and die on the cross for us, that are all of our sins when we confess them to you, Lord God. You forgive us of our sins and you give us rightness and renewal of them, Lord God, for paying the price on the cross, for destroying the enemy, Lord. We thank you so much for that. And we thank you for bringing your Holy Spirit too, to be able to just comfort us, to be able to teach us all things. God, continue to teach us all things and be with us. We cannot do any of these things without your Holy Spirit being here. So help us, Lord and keep us. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen.